Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. This week, we have Sean Donahue, who is a nationally known family coach, a popular parent educator, and the founder of ParentingModernTeens.com. Known by many as the teen super nanny, Sean and his team coach parents to make parenting teens easier and more enjoyable and coach teens to become mature, responsible, successful adults. Sean speaks to many thousands of parents every year and has helped many teens and families break painful patterns and move into healthy behaviors. Check out Sean on Instagram, on The Family Coach, and on Facebook, or visit him at ParentingModernTeens.com to get his parenting tools newsletter. Let's get right into it with Sean. Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. We have a really special guest because I don't have a lot of men on here. And I hear that a lot for me as a, right. as a guest podcaster. Right. So I'm well, really yeah. glad to have a guy. Sean, can you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Eli, how's it going? Hey, Dude Therapist. My name is Sean Donahue. I'm a 42-year-old guy. I'm a dad. Married to my wife, Danielle, for 17 years. Got three daughters. Uh, happy to be here. I'm so excited. You know, your account really pulled me in because of the name, the family coach, right? And the idea of dads and parents helping their kids. And I love this tagline. I'm gonna I was gonna talk about it later. I'll bring it up now. Right. Your good parenting is not controlling my kids' behavior, but controlling my behavior, your behavior as a parent. Yeah, and man. I saw that post and it really pulled me right in. Yeah. I love that. Oh, thank you. You know, it's uh I think, I mean, um, I'm old, I'm a little older than you, but I think this is like, we're like a new generation of, uh, men of dads, but even a new like generation of parents, like this generation of parents, like we, we really want to be close with our kids. We want to be mindful. We're talking about emotions a lot. Yeah. Like we're, we're, uh, we're really different than our parents were not that our parents were kind of on that vibe, but like, I think our, like this What's happening here in 2021 is like really, really cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I love the feeling that the focus of parenting right now is more connection than like reprimanding and um I got intensity. a little wrong. I know I got a word you're looking for because you're like you said connection and you looked you couldn't think of a word. How's this sound? Hey, here's a connection before correction. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> I heard someone else have a tagline connection equals protection. Connection equals okay. All right, okay. And having that connection, it creates the the vibe and the the protection of the family. But I love yours. I love yeah. yours too. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't have taglines like like that. I gotta get those for myself. You know, you're into podcasting now, so you're going to be interviewing people that are into taglines, catchphrases. Plus, like yeah, like people love like little little tag is you know little catchphrases. You know. <laughs> so, so what brought you? I know you're you're a family man, but what brought you into being a yeah. family coach? How did you get into that world? Yeah. So my story is, uh, I love telling my story. Thanks for asking. Then it's okay. I'll, I'm going to ask you, you, what brought you into being like, you know, podcaster, a dude and a dude therapist. Yeah. My yeah well, story like this, I worked with, uh, teenagers even back when, like, you know, starting back when I was 19, like a lot of people go to those camps, right. Whether sleepaway camps or their sports camps where they have like the camp counselors wearing the cargo shorts and they're like, not the long hair. You know what I mean? Did you ever go to any camps like that? I had one of those my own. I mean, I was like, I was like, I love being a camp counselor. I mean, uh, and I just started thinking like, this is my calling. I need to do something with 
you know, young people. I had different career goals. I was like doing, I thought I was actually, I was doing comedy at the time. I thought I was going to be a comedy writer and stand up, but it was like my calling. And I was into different nonprofits all around teenagers and parents. And then um, I had my own daughter. Let's see, I was, we got, you know, married and we uh, had her when I was 25. And at that time, Eli, there was a TV show on called The Super Nanny. Mm-hmm. Now, you probably don't remember it. because I like, know The Super Nanny. Yeah, Super Nanny, English lady named Joe. And while I don't agree with a lot of her stuff now, it was, a, it made for a pretty cool TV show. Yeah. And I saw this new way of helping families, like where this woman would go into the rawness, the pain of everyday homes. And you would just see hurting parents and hurting defiant kids and overwhelmed parents. And I said, that right there is really cool. So I wanted to learn about parenting from her. But then I said, like, that's what I should be doing with my life. I'm going to like grow up. I'm going to read a bunch of books. I'm going to study the art of parenting and I'm going to become like the teen super nanny in a sense. So that's like the (laughs) kind of a little story of how I was, where I, you know, how I got here. That's amazing. You know, uh, I have a similar story in that when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with ADHD and was going to therapists and psychiatrists as a kid. And growing up, I always wanted to deal with people. I love people. I love socializing. I love talking and listening and supporting everyone through their, their, their journey. And I said to myself, what can I do that puts me on that path? Yep. And I ended up being a therapist. And now yeah. I call myself a dude therapist because I'm a dude who's a therapist. Right. I work uh, with families. I work with couples, individuals. Yep. And it's it's a great journey. And it's something that gives me passion every day. And what can, what else can you ask for? Can I ask you a personal question? Go for it. I was thinking to be like a therapist, I'm guessing one of these two things is probably true. Either A, when you were younger, you had like a really great experience with a therapist. It was so like moving, transformational. And you said, that's, I want to give this gift that I've been giving. Or you either have like a really crappy experience with a therapist. <laughs> like, this person sucks. <laughs> I, but I can see the potential here. You know, or how about this third option? Third option. Just thought of this. You were in a time in your life and you were you were hurting. You were a hot mess. You had all these emotions and pain and painful relationships. And you you were listening to some music like The Cure or you were listening. You know, I need somebody to talk to about all these emotions. I need a therapist. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to become one. Does any of that? I'm just like the maybe. first one. It was the first one. I actually had a great experience. My family I uh, was doing family therapy at the time. My brother was going through some emotional struggles as a kid, as a teenager, yep. that, you know, behavioral issues, and it caused a lot of strife in our family. Yep. So we went to therapy as a family and I went to therapy individually with ADHD. And yep. I was always that friend who was like the go-to. Oh was, yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, Ellie, can we talk? Ellie, can we talk? Ellie, can we talk? And it was like, okay, why don't I get paid for this? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Get paid to do something you're already doing, Ellie, with your friends. So uh, that's really where it started from. And I love your journey. I think it's so important to find that calling, to find that path and to embrace it. Sometimes we're afraid to embrace that journey because of what people might think, or it's not out there yet, or no one's thought of this. So what, how is that like for you as a man, that super nanny kind of mentality? Gosh, How do you push through that fear? So scary. I mean, it's so scary, first of all, because you're kind of dealing with people's lives. First of all, that's scary. And essentially me, I mean, I specialize in 
teenagers, hurting teenagers, hurting parents. So, you know, I tell, I'll say this to parents, like we're talking about the most you know, important person in your life. We're talking about one of the top three, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's just fear in that. But then, yeah, as far as kind of like branching off to do something different, because when I first started like a family coaching firm, I'd never even heard of family coaching. I yeah. just, and it's just kind of different because as you alluded to earlier, it's actually a predominantly, a, it's a, it's a genre in a world that has a lot of females. It's a yeah. lot of moms. Plus, you know me, I love, like, I'm not your typical type person. Like I love, I love sports, uh, like your typical kind of therapist type person. I love meat and potatoes. I drink craft beer on the weekends. I'm way too edgy for a lot of people and too intense for some people. And so, yeah, there's a, a lot of fear. Like when I would start doing, you know, speaking, I thought, well, do I just change who I am to kind of meet kind of more of the mom audience, mm-hmm. even though th- that I am. And then I was like, you know, screw it. I just going to be myself. And if this thing flops, you know, at least I know I gave it my all, you know, but that's, I think what the beauty of your account is. It's extremely authentic. It's extremely real. Like there's no, like, not that your account isn't beautifully done. There's no frills. There's no like, um, weird or stupid things said it's real, raw, honest parenting advice. And that is yeah. so popular right now and needed. And I think parents are like so thirsty for knowledge because every kid brings a different flavor, you know, and every kid has those moments of misbehaving. Okay. Parents every how do you deal kid. with this. Some more than others. Right. So I'm glad that you, you never, so I pronounce your name Ellie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually was on your Instagram recently and that made me think of a post that actually I loved about yours. You you said it was like a picture of good vibes that mm-hmm. you posted. Crossed and cropped it out, and then had some very about that because um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Instagram now is about just positivity, like law of attraction. Just you know, push all these negative people out of your life. And oh, only positive, but that's like, that's not real. That's not reality. You can't do that with your own children, you know, with our spouses, with hard relationships at work or in-laws. Like what's real is that, you know, relationships are the most important, most beautiful and most challenging things we'll ever do as human beings. And what's so real is that life sucks sometimes and it's so full of pain and sometimes the pain just doesn't go away. You can't pray it away. You can't force it away. You can't Instagram it away. And what's yeah. real is we need each other and we need good uh, tools, right? For those painful times. And and I lo- and thank you so much for bringing up that post. It, it was, you know, I was sitting there and I was talking to some colleagues and this idea of like toxic positivity, of this idea of just being so positive, so overly positive that it's 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 numbing any real feelings. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have quote unquote, the ugly feelings, which are not ugly. They make you who you are, but to be so overly happy, go lucky all the time is not reality. And I think we are so used to seeing other accounts and people out there trying so hard to be perfect. And I I think this connects a lot to why I love your account a lot as well, is that parenting is not perfect, right? It's not always going to be so messy unicorns it's very messy 
is. You know, there's emotions, there's egos, there's personalities, there's situations, yeah. and there's different stages of life that come into play. Something I was really, you know, really dying to ask you is this thing you talk about, about uh, how to deal or handle with a child who might be misbehaving or a struggle oh. for you as a parent. Oh, let's talk. I would love to talk about that. Can we get into that? What are your tips or tools or Whoa. things that you kind of discuss with parents, hmm. not giving your whole, you know, secret sauce, but maybe yeah. some ideas that people can kind of take away from the podcast that if your kid's misbehaving, where do you start? How do you get there? What yeah. are the steps you might take? Okay, let me answer that in a way, in a in a in a way, and let me answer that question in a way I don't normally answer it, in a way that without like three points. Let me answer it in a in a different way. Can I try? Go for it. I love it. All right. It. Can I put you on the spot by asking you? Always. Um, if you think about like a great parenting movie, or even a show where it just shows like you know these hurting kids or hurting tweens, and then the parent loves them and cares for them and then and a happy ending is there any movie that comes to mind for you i mean there's a lot of movies about parenting and trials does anything pop that, that come, that's perfect not really and actually you know it's actually funny because actually i'm not this actually is my point when i was thinking about this too i actually had to google like great movies about parenting there isn't like a go-to you know movie like there's like you know princess like not um, like father of the bride there's like these uh you know movies that show like parent like figures like goodwill hunting or robin williams mm -hmm. matt damon and it, i mean and there's a lot of other cheaper by movies. the dozen home alone is parenting yeah so yeah so all those things that they so commonly have these great moments at the end where hugs and kisses but you know what i think is an awesome parenting movie can i tell you tell me um forrest gump when you think about parenting in Forrest Gump, is, do you see any connection there? Well, there's a lot of ups and downs in the relationship, and it's not so simple with them. With who? Well, the Forrest and her his mom. Forrest and Jenny. And Jenny. So, like, here's what I think about parenting. So many of us, um, even people on Instagram or on social media, might even see people like me and you with our kids. Like, oh, my gosh, that's what I want. Like. Look at there, look at this character on this movie. It's just so perfect. Or my friend, my friend's son is going to, you know, Oregon State, or my daughter's going to Florida State. Like, I wish my family was so perfect. But here's what I think in reality, parenting is actually a lot like Forrest Gump, but not Forrest Gump with his son, is Jenny. Like, if you think about the movie Forrest Gump, mm -hmm. like Jenny is really not a great person. Jenny is like a really troubled woman who's actually yeah. treats Forrest horribly. Like she treats Forrest like crap. She literally just like flies into his life, you know, like kind of like leads him on a little bit and then like comes back. And it's like, it is a one-sided relationship. And even like that scene when she gets pregnant, she's in her, low low spot and mm -hmm. you know he impregnates her and then she leaves again it's so painful like jenny is mean you know what i mean i don't think anyone's taken this this step before you're bold moves over here right no one ever talks about it. how mean jenny is right like they see it as like a hero story with our hero forrest who is our hero he's an amazing character pure loving he's 
selfless. He's committed. He gives unconditional love to a woman who really doesn't deserve it. And even then, like, and then he just gives it to his son. It's a beautiful, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the movie. But parenting is, is really a lot like being Forrest Gump. Because, yes, there are many teens who are thriving and are full of success and responsibility and re- integrity. And they treat their parents so well. There's so many of them. But um, usually it's, it's not as like that. Like as there's more than meets the eye. And, you know, parenting is a lot about being wise and being um, loving to our kids because they're not going to love us back in the way we want. They're not going to act the way we want. They're not like bonsai trees, you know, we can like snip them and make them like us. (laughs) It's a complicated, messy, super messy relationship. And, and every child is so unique. And especially now it's already hard. Like, before COVID, like parenting teenagers has been traditionally hard historically. And now with screens everywhere, it's harder than ever. And so I think that to answer your question in a creative way, just embrace that um, you signed up to be a parent, which means you signed up to be a teacher of wisdom to someone who doesn't necessarily want your tips. You signed up to teach, to love someone who doesn't necessarily want to, you know, receive your love in that way. And so how do you do that wisely? Not in a codependent way, do it in a wise way, not in an enabling way, not in like, oh, kids will be kids. You do whatever you want, you know, in a way. And it's, and that's like a, like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've never heard of parenting that way. I love it. And, you know, it made me think about my, my parenting style and my daughter has been uh, in a very mommy mood uh, since she was born and yep. she was sick recently. And she really just wanted mommy and my my wife was tired and I was there. And I think the biggest thing we can do and the lesson that it taught me as a parent is that we signed up to show up every day, Yeah, show up with whatever you can, the best way you can, whether they want it or not, you still need to be there so that when they do want it, you're there. And when they don't want it, they still know you're there. And it just creates this environment of, okay, mommy and daddy will be there. Whether I want them to or not, whether I like them at this moment or don't, I know that they're right next door. They're right outside the door. They're right in the next room. They're in the house. And my daughter's almost two years old. She is in a mood and a phase. I get that. Not offended at all personally. Yeah, man. But the amazing thing that we have to do as parents, modern parents nowadays, is showing up as best as we can. And it's not so simple, but it's needed. Hey, you know, well said. Um, to echo what you said there, there's a great, the word that I love is presence, especially even for men, you know, men 20 years ago, some of them were taught and believed that their job was just to go and make money or work yeah. or to do X, Y, and Z. And now we see like really what our kids need and really the joy of parenting is in presence. And that's kind of what, even what Jenny, what Forrest was to Jenny, he was always present. Always there. Never whenever she needed him. And of course she treated him like dirt. So she only was there a little bit. I've never seen that outlook. I have to watch Forrest Gump again <laughs> yeah. just to see this perspective. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. You're and it's right. challenging because some of our kids, they want our presence more than others. And that's gonna, that's hard. Parenting is the most emotional thing that many of us will ever do because of so much power is involved yeah. in a dating, in a marriage, in a romantic relationship. It's more of a shared equal power. But as parents, we have the power. 
Yeah. We are so powerful. And that can be hard for some children because it's like, well, I'm scared or how you use your power. I don't like how you use your power mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't feel powerful. Very complex. Yeah. You know, I love the idea of, of the power struggle that happens. Power struggle that happens. And I, I heard a quote recently that parenting is not about being wrong or right, but about the relationship that you have. Yeah. Um, because if we're trying to fight for who is wrong and who is right, um, who is bad and who is good, it's always going to be a loss. Something's going to have to lose. The relationship is going to lose because it's yep. not about, you know, after curfew, before curfew, did right. you put away the dishes? Did you clean up this? Did you do well yeah. on your test? If it's so focused on the good and bad behaviors, the wrong or right, and who is wrong or right, in the end, you're not fostering that relationship and building that connection. And you talk about something. I saw a post recently. I think you posted a couple of weeks ago. You know, I'm doing my homework to talk to you. And there's something that really I love so much that the idea of creating uh, an environment of love and self-love for a child. Mm-hmm. Because I think in the day and age that we're in, it is very easy for kids to look on social media, to see their friends, be bullied, be hurt, or to doubt themselves. So as a parent, can you talk about how you create that environment for a kid to value and love themselves devoid of the other things that are happening in the world? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a wonderful question. And then, and then I'll answer this question. Then how does this sound? After I, after I answer it, how does this sound? I'd love to hear what are you seeing in your work there? with your clients in New York and all around the world that you're working with, you know, what are you seeing with self-love and self-confidence and how the pandemic has, you know, maybe shaped that or changed that with people? Yeah. Because we mean, we've been through a lot. I'd love to, I'd love to answer that. Yeah. In the last 12 months. Well, yeah. So, I mean, again, like when you really break down all the things that we want to do as parents, all the things we want to teach, it can be so overwhelming. Like we want to teach them to love themselves, teach them with self-love. But first off, that is actually like, before we even talk about how to teach or build self-esteem or self-love, what I find to be most helpful is actually just to remind the parent something of something really beautiful, which is parents are teachers. We're not controllers. We can't control our kids to have self-love. We teach them about the importance of self-esteem and esteemable things come self-esteem comes from doing esteemable things and being around esteemable people. And so that can be really hard because we can't control like, you know, our kids, they could wake up and they could be a 15 year old who's struggling in self-confidence. And that actually doesn't mean anything relating to the parent at all. Yeah. That's just their kids are on their own journey. You know, everybody's on their own journey. And so well, so therefore, when we release that pressure from ourselves, that it's not, we don't have that power to just force our kids into a place of self-love. It can be very freeing. And then actually, will actually help you to teach it in a more effective way. Hmm. If you get where I'm going with this, kind of kind of weird. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. It takes away the pressure from creating this environment of a need of self-love. And my self-love has to be what their self-love is compared to just creating this environment of this peace and letting them do their, their thing and their journey of finding that self-love. Well said. And now even think about this, all of, almost all of the most important lessons in life, our kids are never going to learn in school. They're never going to take a class on self-love, self-esteem, 
how to how to balance screens in my life, how to set boundaries with others, how to disagree with somebody in a respectful way. They're never going to be taught these things in school. So who who then, Ellie, are they going to learn from? Us. Well, for better or worse, us. they're already <laughs> learning from yeah. us. For better or worse. Yeah. So anytime you're teaching anything to anyone, you know, more is caught than taught. So actually just living a life of self-love, filling your life with healthy friendships, healthy relationships is the best thing you can do right off the bat. Hmm. And that's actually really hard. Like I'm a 42 year old man. I struggle with friendships sometimes, you know, I struggle with these things. And so, and especially now with screens everywhere, you know, we know scientifically that screens, we, anytime you talk about young people have to talk about screens now. And we know that screens have been scientifically proven to, you know, increase anxiety, depression, loneliness, and all types of wacky stuff. <laughs> so we also know there's good news is that 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, people gathered for barbecues. <laughs> and they <laughs> gathered around the dinner table with their grandparents and they ate food. And they went camping. And they laughed together. And they sat around the fire and they, uh, they told stories and they went to parks. Right. And so all that good stuff from the olden days, it's still here. It's still available and we still need it. And it still builds self-love and self-worth and all that good, beautiful stuff that we need. Yeah. I love that answer. I think it's a really great way and perspective about what it means to create self-love and that we are really teaching our kids by modeling. And something that, you know, to answer your question you asked before, for me, one of the biggest things I do with families is the concept of role modeling, the concept of the vibe that you create, the way you carry yourself, how you talk to your friends, how you treat the others around you. Your kids are watching and aware from ages of two and up, even younger. They become aware how you talk, how you share love. When I hug my wife, my daughter now runs for group yeah. hug time. <laughs> yes. So she goes, group hug. So why? Because she, see that, she sees that mommy and daddy are hugging and she wants to hug. Right. So it's not that that's a bad thing, but you have a, a huge responsibility to create that environment in your home and in your child's life. Something that I truly appreciate about the way I grew up. I'm a religious Orthodox Jew and we are very focused on family. Yes. We're very focused on family, on family time of holidays, family time of yes. meals. The synagogue, the services is very family oriented. I grew up in a home that was about that togetherness, that connection. And that is something that I would never trade in for the world. What I have seen as a therapist in a private practice and a group practice and see working with families is that during COVID, there is a huge, huge drop in the idea of self-love. There is a massive isolation because yep. the isolation is what takes away the connection and relationships that we've relied on for years to create that feeling of love and affection and that atmosphere to be yep. able to get through the stress of life. And there are a lot more suicide rates now in young kids and teenagers. There's extreme anxiety and depression rates right now in younger ch- kids and in teenagers. Yes. I think a lot of it is the isolation piece that before they went to school, they had fun, they enjoyed themselves. No matter how much they said they hated school, they loved school for the aspect that we don't talk about, which is the connection and friendships. Yeah, man. That's being lost right now. And it's a very, very big problem. Which is why it's so 
it makes me so happy when I hear kids saying, I can't wait to go back to school. I right. want to go to school. Give it a I, week. Give it a week. Isn't that, <laughs> that incredible? So I love listening to you share your story about your childhood, your faith, your story. And one thing I think of is um, the word culture. So you grew up in a culture with your parents of a religious, spiritual culture, but also community of yeah. traditions. So I am now as a, as a Christian man, I want to in, raise my kids in a culture of church, community, traditions, holiday, Beautiful. prayer. And so this is actually a message that I think all of our listeners need to hear is that when you think of culture, we think of, you know, 2021 cryptocurrency, we think of pandemic, we think of screens, but how about this? This is some coaching. You are the most powerful person in your family's life, which means you get to create culture. So if you want to have a culture of screen addicts in your house, then do it. If you want to have a culture of food addicts, if you want to have a culture of getting the biggest house, everyone's on their own device and you never see each other, then do it. You want to have a culture of you have maids come to your house all the time so your kids don't have any chores and they don't get any jobs when they're 16, then do it. You want to create a culture where your kids break something and they don't have to work to fix it or repair it, then do it. But you want to create a culture, you know, of regular family gatherings, screen-free, holidays, prayer, spirituality, um, grandparents, um, then it's going to be hard, but you can do it because <laughs> it's going to be hard at times, but you can do it, right? Because you are powerful. And I, I think that's, I'm really glad, I don't know, your story kind of got brought that out of me right there. I love that. I think it's so important to create the the idea and to let people understand. And I think, you know, what this will end because I think it's such a good point to end off on that the idea that we have the power to create a culture that we want for our lives and our family lives. We're the only ones. And yeah. we can't rely on other people. We can't buy an ad or, you know, buy some product to create it, but we have to be the one to set the tones to this tone for our family and our friends and for the world that we want for us to take action on that. And it only comes from our action and our behaviors and no one else. And I'm getting like pumped up just hearing your voice and hearing you say that, because how about this? Let's get a little edgy because if you don't do this, if you're not intentional about creating a, a really healthy family culture of self-love, values, morals, screen balance, health in your home, well, then you, you are going to be teaching something, right? And then if you don't do your best and use your power wisely to create it, that type of culture, well, you are going to have culture, but it's not going to be the culture you want. It's going to be the kind of the culture of society. Yeah. And do you really want that? You really want your kids looking up to the social media influencers as you know, as their role models and who are actually dictating culture for them. No, you don't. Trust me, you don't. I've been working with your kids for 20 plus years. You don't want that. Kids need parents. In fact, kids need parents actually now more than ever. Yeah, they do. And they need parents who are there, parents who are actually there. And, you know, I, I was uh, talking to a, spe a parent specialist. I think her name is Raising Good Kids, Dr. Malin. Uh, she's out in Arizona. And I was talking to her recently and she said that kids, specifically younger kids, don't understand time. Mm -hmm. So spending just two to 10 minutes with them, yeah. devoid of your phone and sit down on the floor, look at them in the eyes and play with them where they're at, what they want to do, how they want to do it without a screen. 
can feel like a lifetime of a connection. So well I have a, and I keep talking about this, this family that I grew up in Long Island, that each parent has a set day in the month that they spend with each child. That is what the child wants to do. Oh my so gosh. If a kid wants to go golfing, that's cool. The mom has their set days with each kid and the dad has a set days with the four oh, kids. It's creative. And they, and it's, I think every quarter they oh, do this. That's their culture. And they that's create their- this environment in their family that each kid gets special time with that parent yeah. to create that connection with that parent. And I love that. There's this pretty cheesy movie on Netflix right now. It reached like number one or two or five. It's called Yes Day. Have you seen I it? I saw it with, Jen- I, w- I wanted to see it. I saw yeah, the idea of it. I, I don't really like it. It's got some weird stuff. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I, I, it had a lot of, uh, it was just childish and weird and whatever. But the concept is is kind of there. Like this, And that's kind of like, Again, it's kind of different than where parents were 20 years ago. We now understand um, presence. We understand time. And we understand parenting is not about authoritarian. You, you know, do and you listen to me because I'm the parent. It's really about these shared experiences of time and memories and love and creating this culture together. I love that. Sean, can you please let everyone know where to find you, how to connect with you, how to reach you? Because there's so much wealth of knowledge that you have for everyone to hear. So, yeah. So my, um, my, my firm is called Parenting Modern Teens and um, it's at parentingmodernteens.com. And so we have, we have clients all around the world where we do teen coaching sessions where we teach teenagers and kind of like counseling, but we really are coaches. We teach them in emotional intelligence skills listen to them tell us their lives and their struggles. We coach them. We challenge them in ways. Some are really defined out of control. We can work with that. We can show the parents what to do. And some are just really thriving. And then I, I do all the family. I do all the parent coaching on the team. So parents come to me through Zoom and they say, hey, I don't know what to do. Like I just got an email today. My tw- Listen to this. My 21-year-old is totally addicted to his screens. He hasn't left his bedroom in a year. Wow. So that's like a day. That's what I do. Like, or like, yeah, we do a lot, you know, there's just lots of pain out there. Yeah. And so, yeah. Or you can find me on Instagram at the family coach. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Ellie, man, loved hearing your stories and hearing what you're doing in your good work as the dude therapist. Thanks for having me. Wishing you all the best. You too, man. Thanks. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at the dude therapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at the dude therapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what makes this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week. And see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast, as we've got more guests and more great content coming your way.